What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Live from a hotel room in the heart of Austin, Texas, a podcast that doesn't know how to do a jump. Boo! <laughs> it's Sifpa. Oh, man. Welcome to Sift Pop. I am Aaron Dicer, and he is located at the base camp of, of Mount BS. It's Ian Whittington, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's me! And we're going to uh, figure out what else is going on in the pop culture world, and also have a very casual talk about life at Fantastic Fest. Mm-hmm. So if the podcast sounds different, uh, which I'm sure it does, because, because are, Aaron's on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> because we are recording from our individual phones across the room, uh, and so apologies if there are any audio issues with this. However, we did want to continue to do Sif Pop, even though we are out of town for really a couple episodes. So we'll do this again um, next week as well. And just kind of do a Sif Pop Does Fantastic Fest kind of series of couple podcasts. Uh, again, I think I mentioned this last week, but somehow won a contest <laughs> and find myself with a plus one, which I have uh, given to Ian Hello. at uh, Fantastic Fest. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a fairly normal couple of reviews for Sif Pop and then just kind of talk about the, the Fantastic Fest week so far, which has been most of the first weekend. We're halfway through Sunday. Uh, the only thing we're missing from Sunday, which we'll talk about on the next podcast, uh, is Bones and All and a secret screening. Uh, tonight, So we'll talk more about those in the rest of the week next week. But for this week, we're going to go Thursday through most of Sunday. Well, actually, we didn't go see any movies today. <laughs> we haven't seen any movies today. <laughs> so we we were planning on it. We, we have two swag. movies we were already supposed to have seen that we skipped yep. both. So, um, And we will talk Oops. about more of the reasons why that happened. Um, but let's start here. Uh, let's review a couple movies. Let's start by talking about Smile. What is it you like to talk about? My patient. Hi. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. Oh my God. Yesterday, a patient in your care died brutally in front of you. I need to find an explanation for what happened. It's smiling at me. It's smiling at me. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins taking over her life, Rose must confront her troubling path in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality uh Sosie Bacon starring in Smile her first major role I believe um as well as many others uh that you probably haven't heard of although Cal Penn's in this you've probably seen Cal Penn yeah. around doing yeah. some stuff um so what did you think Ian did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay mm, I am the low low side of didn't like it I did okay. not hate it but I really really did not like this movie 
Uh, I'm joining you and didn't like it. Maybe not quite as low as you, um, which means that I get to go first. Yeah, do it. You love this movie. Tell us why. Uh, it's technically proficient. It's. I, I think like there. If you're going to say one thing really good about Smile is that it's really well done. Like the. I think the performances down the line are adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Damning with faint praise. Um, no, they're good. No, Sosie Bacon's great. She's and, fun. And, and honestly, the the girl that that's kicks the movie off um, is really good too. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed her performance. Yeah. Um, the other performances are fine as well. Uh, it's well shot. It looks good. Transitions are great. There's real uh, there's real technical skill in the sound um, in how things are done. Now, the way they use that technical skill will be in the negative column. But the, as for the actual um, professionalism, skill, all that. This this is a well made movie. Am I wrong? Is it not a well made movie? No, I think it's fine. I think <laughs> what I feel like you're saying is that they they set out to make a movie and a movie was made. Like the, <laughs> it, it's not unwatchable. It's not terrible. It just does very little for me original with a concept that we've seen done many many times and not. And better a lot of times. So yeah, a, a watchable movie was created with people that are also watchable. But the final product product is just kind of there. I think you you touch on the the main negative, which is that it doesn't feel like there's a lot new going on here. Um, what is there anything new here? Like, is there anything in this movie? Like, you watch it and you go, "Oh, I haven't seen that before," or "Oh, that's kind of." Interesting. I, I guess the, I guess the resolution of the movie is kind of new-ish. It doesn't quite go the final girl route as mm-hmm. as much as you might think it might do. Yeah, the ending isn't cliche. No, the ending isn't cliche. No, um, I think that the main conceit of the movie is kind of original and what it's trying to go after that we all hide behind a smile to cover what we're really feeling i don't think i've seen that done before but i don't really like how it does it (laughs) yeah there as as far as treating a smile as a communicable disease Mm. that is something where you use it as um you know some sort of defense mechanism or whatever um, but underneath, there's horror going on mm-hmm. and trauma. Because it's a movie about trauma at the oh, end of the day. absolutely, yeah. Um, a disease that feeds on trauma. Yeah. So, yeah. I. The problem is, and we'll go headlong. And by the way, this will be a little bit sift-swifty, obviously. A, mm-hmm. because it's going to be very, very loose. Um, obviously, I'm reclining on a bed. That makes it a little... A <laughs> pretty little, chill. It makes it pretty chill. Uh, and also be a li- uh, quite a bit shorter, I think, than the normal episode of Sif Pop. But I did want to say, like, as we get into talking about the negatives, you say the like the premise is original, but it's just it follows. It's, yeah, it really it's the, is. Yeah. Or the ring. I mean, it's there's the a ring. lot of the transmutable yeah. demon, you know, kind of idea. Yeah. And specifically, it follows really does this exact same thing, mm. except with the idea of sexuality as opposed to you know smiling. Mm-hmm. Most, those two things can go together occasionally, <laughs> but, um, but depends. It, yeah, but there is there, but it has been done before, yeah. and and I think much better. I think it follows is an incredible film. Yeah. Um, 
So I didn't find that original. And can we just get to the main negative, which is this movie thinks that the jump scare is the greatest thing in the history of the planet. It thinks it invented the jump scare. It's there's there's a couple in particular that are my least favorite types of jump scares, which have nothing to do with the plot and they're not even scaring a character it's just a sudden scene change and a boom and that could be like a car horn or something and no one on screen is scared but i am because i've been made to jump out of my seat because you turned the volume up right so that just feels really cheap yeah you can get a reaction out of me but that does nothing for the story it just reminds me that i'm in a movie that's trying to make me jump rather than try to make me think about something yeah that bugged me it's not my biggest negative either yeah any other negatives yeah loads of them (laughs) dig in my my biggest thing about this and it's for me I I don't know you have to tell me if I'm way off base here I, I think it's borderline insensitive with the way that it handles trauma so I don't know how spoilery we're gonna get into probably not just talk around it a little bit the 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 main uh, well, you can you actually sorry Aaron this is in the trailer so <laughs> people will know this if unless you haven't seen the trailer but Fair enough. you have a certain amount of time until this smile will force you to commit suicide and that trauma linked to suicide awareness and how people handle it and almost like this is an excuse for why people commit suicide and I just think that is a that is a Yes, a topic we should talk about, but this was a strange movie to talk about it in, and I, I don't like the way that it handled the the sub the idea of trauma and what that leads to, and that suicide is a communicable disease. Yeah, didn't I? Don't know. It was I, difficult. I, it does feel like sometimes with movies like this that are you up to the challenge of the sensitivity and nuance mm-hmm. that needs to be involved in a conversation of this sort. I didn't feel like this movie treated it too casually. I think it just made it part... Because it's metaphorical, right? Like, I mean, it's both metaphorical and literal in the story. But, like, there's not... You know, the things that these people are are doing are part of the literal, like, demonic, you know, thing that's going on here. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily the nuanced version of why people actually yeah. do this. That's the metaphor. The metaphor... When you take it to the metaphor, then it becomes more nuanced because the metaphor is about actual, you know, tragedy, trauma, mm-hmm. suicide, those kind of things. Um, so I didn't, I didn't feel like it was too uh, insensitive. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a weighty thing to to try to yeah. deal with in a very honestly run of the mill mm. horror uh, execution. So. So yeah, but I felt like the um, the idea that not only were these people involved in this, you know, as you mentioned, the, you know, the the transmission of this, you know, suicide monster, whatever. Yeah. They also all dealt with suicide as a part of their history, which I felt was interesting too, because it's like the the monster also was aware of that part of it. And so, and so the movie does seem to be saying something about how having that close to you impacts you in a way mm-hmm. and, and is a, a trauma that, if left unprocessed, 
you know will make can, you susceptible to can, this demon. Can, well, it can make yeah, it can make you susceptible to um, ongoing you know trauma issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it's worthy to to talk about. I just the movie I don't think did a great job mm-hmm. at at really processing it in in a meaningful way. Mm. Just on a movie watching level. It was exhausting. Like, but this is something I struggle with in general. It is it is exhausting to go through the whole movie with nobody believing the main character, and not even close. There's only one person that really helps helps her out. Everyone else, it's just her losing her mind and just. I know that's the point. Like, you're supposed to feel claustrophobic. You're supposed to feel trapped. As she is as well, and and Sophie Bacon does a great job of portraying that. But for me, it's just exhausting, and just it's that same note the entire way through the movie. Nobody believes me. Nobody's here to help me, um, apart from this one person who still shouldn't believe me, but does. For me, that's just really tiring. I know it's probably the point of the movie, but I thought for me, you were going to really say tiring. I thought you were going to say it was exhausting because of the jump scares, which we've yeah, already talked too. about. But yeah. it's just like at some point, you just go. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop already. Like movie. Yes, if you make everything quiet and characters <laughs> look like they're tense and then you play a loud noise, it's going to make jump. people jump. Yeah. Congratulations. If you fart in front in front of somebody, they're going to hold their nose. Like yeah. I, what what are we trying to do here? Uh-huh. So, but I yeah. think people crave that. I think people crave the jump scare. There is a there is a brand a, a portion of the audience that goes there. To be jump scared, it's, it's, not, no, it's, it's just not, not why us. I was in the movie. It's yeah. just not us. Yeah. And I guess that's worth mentioning here as well, as we're talking about two horror movies, really. I mean, yeah. you know, one's a horror satire or a horror comedy yeah. um, more than this one is. Um, but it's it's worth mentioning again, it is clearly not my genre. It is, you know, there are things I don't understand about the love of this genre mm-hmm. uh, that I've mentioned before. And I'll, you know, just mention again. Um, I don't find fear to be a entertaining experience. I find fear to be a negative experience. So I don't, in my life, seek out fear, pain, mm-hmm. things that taste bad. Like, th- like they're, <laughs> you know, like they're I, the unpleasant experiences yeah. are not on my to do list. Mm-hmm. So I, I know people are different, and I know for yeah. some people there is something either about the adrenaline or the fact that you can experience something that is fright would be extremely frightening in real life but you can mm-hmm. have a safe way yep. to experience like I, I get that that's just not me so i just lay that out there to say you don't need to take if you're a horror fan love the genre you don't need to take anything i say mm-hmm. as you know to the quality of it as a horror film yeah um you can probably process the things i say about some of the other aspects of you know the film experience yeah. but the horror part it's just it's not my bag so i'm here to say that i do like horror movies and i don't like this so you can take that from me instead like i i I do like the genre i do like to be scared and there's a difference between being terrified and intimidated by what's on screen and then like you said just being just having the environment make you jump um that's what i just jump scares they so rarely work in the way that i think they're intended to work um but I, I there's a place for it. I I like I like horror movies and I think I could have liked this. It's just bloody miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Smile before we move on to the second movie. Uh, no post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. 
<laughs> um, all right, let's move on to talk a little bit about the menu. Is that gonna fit everyone? Yeah, easily. Twelve customers total. How do they turn a profit? Twelve fifty a head. That's how. What are we eating? A Rolex? It's one of his classics. You have to try the mouse feel of the mignonette. Please don't say mouthful. Tonight will be madness. Welcome. We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. A couple travels to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Uh, Ray Fiennes stepping yes. in as chef uh, Slovic in this movie. Uh, Nicholas Holt, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Hong Chow, and many, many others. John Leguizamo among them. Uh, bringing out the the rest of the diners on this experience. Um, all I knew was that this was a uh, movie about a restaurant experience that turned weird. Uh, and that was enough for me uh, to have the experience. What did you think, Ian? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, whatever, it's just okay. No, I loved it. <laughs> loved this movie. This was worth the price of admission um, alone. <laughs> the, the, the free price the, of the, admission. The plus one on the contest winner's yep. uh, price of admission. This is worth taking the week out to see it. That amazing film. Loved it. Uh, I'm right there with you. Um, one of my favorite movie experiences of the year. Now, mm -hmm. it's interesting in a situation like this. Well, this kind of the first exploration of the film festivalness of it all. And you and I, Ian, were talking about this. I think we disagree a little bit, but I really do feel like the film festival part of it impacts my bias towards the experience. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about watching uh, a movie like this that is satirical, hilarious, uh, you know, all these things with a sold-out amped crowd. Uh -huh. Like, not only a sold-out crowd, a sold-out crowd that is super excited to be yes. there. This movie doesn't yeah. come out for a while. Mm -hmm. They're getting to see something fun. They've had to turn their phones off. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, security guards said, please put your phone away. Yeah. So, like, there's, there's something about that that impacts the experience, at least for me. And so, I guess, you know, is, is a little bit of uh, a bias awareness... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will just say that that is, um, that is definitely there. So when I say I super love this movie, it was one of my favorite movie experiences of the year. I think that has to be taken into account. Having said that, I just thinking about this, even intellectually or logically, it's just so good. So well done. This movie is so good and it's hard to do this. It's mm. really hard to do this. And it just does it so well. What are some of your uh, favorite things? Well, you can definitely trust my opinion because I'm on the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum to Aaron. Where that's, that's just like your that's your thing this week. You're like, don't trust Aaron. Yeah, you can trust me. It's, you trust me. I'm the impartial one. But we had this conversation over breakfast that I I am in the minority in that it actually detracts from me. Now, there's loads of reasons to that. I don't like crowded rooms. I don't like packed cinemas. I don't feed into that big yippee round of applause environment concert sporting event thing like the majority of regular non-sociopaths do <laughs> um, but, but for me i i would i appreciated it in spite of of that i always get a bit eye rolly when i see cheers and yippies and woohoos and whatever but i i adore this movie so much um 
it's just it's hilarious just on a surface level it's just really really funny um there's some absolutely incredible just one-liners and retorts and and witty back back and forths but then you get deeper and it's just like cuts to the core of not just like foodie culture but like movie critic cultures are like you apply this to any hyper fan situation yes and it applies across the board any artistic endeavor anything yes. like like and there's a couple of even specific yes. movie references Absolutely. where i just felt ow that that stung ouch <laughs> ow that got me right, because you're willing good. to go you're willing to laugh at the the crazy foodies and then all of a sudden you realize <laughs> oh, you're the no. crazy foodie of movies exactly <laughs> like, oh no he's talking to me as well uh, it's so clever so well balanced it never feels like it's patronizing or cynical. Like, for me, Don't Look Up, I love Don't Look Up, but man, is that a miserable, cynical, we may as well give up movie. Mm. This this isn't that. Like, this is... I think it's because of who it's targeting. Like, this is still targeting, like, the one percenters more than anything else. So I think that's why it's kind of... It may be a little bit easier to to take a seat sit back and laugh at it just don't look up i was like i don't want to live on venus i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) uh it's wild to me that you think don't look up was cynical um the whole thing ends i mean this isn't a don't look up review but it literally ends with a family style meal at the end where there's like genuine like that's not cynical that's fine (laughs) but the the core message of the movie is miserably cynical okay fair enough fair enough um so anyhow, <laughs> uh, so the satire is so on point here. It's yeah. so sharp and it's so well. I mean, it's the, the cooking metaphor is beautiful because satire is a knife, right? Like uh-huh. in the utensil, yeah. it's not just how sharp you make it; it's how well you use it uh, as as a chef and a director. And in this case, they're just wielding that knife mm-hmm. so well. Um, there were uh, countless. When I say countless, I literally mean I could not in my head. Mm-hmm actually count the number of theater explosive laughter uh-huh. that happened during this movie again a very primed audience but those jokes are so so great. good it is so written funny. so well it's um, like a stand-up routine like i could see this being delivered by by somebody and it's still getting the same laughs it's so so good and it's getting laughs in so many different ways yeah. it's getting laughs through you know regular dialogue those kind of things mm-hmm. it's also getting laughs through screen prompts through scene cuts <laughs> yes. through editing choices yeah. through like it is it is just smart all the way around every choice there, works there is such a subtle little camera choice when someone's giving a speech and the camera stops focusing on them and focuses on a different mm-hmm. um, customer, which is Chef's Kiss. Like, it's <laughs> so well done. It's so great. Um, um, Ray Fiennes has, like, an amazing speech about, like, no, you're not supposed to eat the food. Like, no, don't. It's not about eating. This is not about eating food. And it just sums up, you're missing the point of why we make food, but also not missing the point at the same time it's great well this is the beautiful of a well the beautiful thing about a well balanced satire is that it is both so over the top and ridiculous that you're laughing at that and at the same time speaking to something that is so authentically true mm. that it's impacting you in an authentic way yeah and this movie does that so well the the characters that are in this movie all have these kind of uh 
things that their attitudes and you know their existence is pointing towards mm. and it feels real every one of them feels real in that way even though they're all kind of silly there's a lot of silliness mm-hmm. here it still you know it still feels authentic yeah. at the end of the day you can buy into the emotion that's happening in the movie because of that mm-hmm. you know sometimes with satire it's really hard to buy into anything because of how over the top and ridiculous yeah. it is um, but this finds that satire balance really well, in my opinion. And I think a lot of that, or a good chunk of it, comes down to Anya Taylor-Joy as well. Like, she is the only person in the real world. She's the only person that is us in the movie that looks around herself multiple times and says, are we all seeing the same thing here? Like, are you all not realizing how ridiculous this is? And she's an awesome gateway for us, and the only one that really emotes when things get dark and scary she's really feeling it um and it's yeah she's our little taste of the real world in in the movie i think in it and her character fits so well with the overall themes Mm. and satire messages and those kind of things and kind of breaks through as the perfect audience surrogate needs to in this kind of movie um and and really, her character journey is to become us. Yeah. I mean, the way this, and not to spoil anything, but the way this movie resolves is really interesting to me <laughs> because literally she becomes us. And yeah. that's that's really interesting. Um, so there, there's way too much, like, specific fun things we could see. You know, we saw the movie and we want to say all uh-huh. these funny things that happen. But that's spoilery. Yeah. I do want to ask, is there a negative? Do you have something you come away from this and go, well, maybe that could have been done better or, you know, whatever? Oh, that's tricky. There is one... I don't know. There is is one moment in the film. There is a... There is a sudden story turn that shifts the gear of the entire movie um, at the start of one of the courses. And that was the only thing that took me out of the movie for like a couple of minutes where it pushed it beyond satire into... I'm beginning to think this is less than... This isn't entirely believable or I'm now not sure how this happens in the real world. But then again maybe that's what a good satire is supposed to do like push it to the nth degree and it's like well yeah this is the real world but what would happen if we take it a couple of steps further what does the end of this journey look like but I I still don't know that's entirely a negative but the way that it hit me was a negative so for me I think what you're talking about I had a similar feeling it was my only like let's think about this a little bit more mm-hmm. i would even just center it let's just say on the staff on the wait staff yes. yeah i, I think, think that's fair. for me the wait staff is the most clear example of these characters are written to be in a satire they're not exactly really written to, i mean they they are i'm not saying they don't have elements of message you know metaphor all that kind of stuff that they're trying to do i'm just saying they are making decisions that feel the most you know, script based. Yeah, they're opposed. almost the, the the conceit, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. the right. Inciting, they're cogs. Yeah, yeah. That's which it. is kind of the point. Yes, because that is how they're treated in in the industry. But, but it's just it's strange that that's where you have to suspend your disbelief the mm-hmm. most is with the right. staff. And 
I'm. I mean, now that I, I think about like, it, that's probably the point. Yeah, I, it's probably I, the I point. I think it is. I I really struggled with it because they these huge personality chefs. I believe that there is a swarm of followers that would do or die by what they say, mm-hmm. and I don't know how far that goes. Um, but it, the fact that in the moment it took me out of the movie and made me think about it. Is, is enough to talk about. Is enough at least. to talk about it, yeah. But uh, I need to see this movie again. Oh, I want to see it immediately. It's, it's so fun. It's so good. I don't. That is my B's negative. Like, I, I think this is probably my favorite Ray Fiennes performance. Okay, let's it's let's incredible. talk about that. That is the one other thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that he is he is Ray Fiennes in this movie, but he is a different. Like, mm-hmm. he's so good. Like, he's, he's so, good. so perfect. This is like Hannibal Lecter, and there's, a, there's an odd similarity there, but <laughs> yes. this is Hannibal Lecter levels of incredible villain personality. So but good. I don't think he's a sociopath, though. No, that's he, what's I don't think he is. No, no, I don't think he is either. Yeah. I think he's just lived a different life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, on, I think, uh, there's only one sociopath in this movie. Nick Holt, are we thinking? Is he the only sociopath? Sorry, there are two sociopaths in this, <laughs> in this movie. Okay, I do want to talk about that, um, the Nick Holt thing, because there's something that happens with that character that I'm mm-hmm. not going to spoil, but I find very interesting. Mm. This character, it, it's one of my favorite things in movies, when you're like, oh, that doesn't really work or make sense, and then boom, the movie gets you, and all of a sudden it makes sense. The bug becomes the feature. And Nicholas Holt has that role to play, and yeah. yes, the bug becomes the feature, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this movie did that to me. I was like, okay, that's that's one of my bigger negatives. <laughs> I can move is, on, you know, I can suspend my disbelief and move on or whatever. <laughs> but then... But then the movie does something, and you're like, oh, it yeah. all makes sense now. <laughs> You cheeky what's it? Look what you did to me. You <laughs> yeah. knew exactly what I was going to think and played on that. It's yeah. beautiful. It's so great. Um, from the, the the Fantastic Fest side of things, with how this becomes like a horror, like that element is done better than most horror films for me. Mm-hmm. Like the that I won't even say what genre of horror, horror it ends up kind of falling into, but it's sometimes a movie can suddenly make that turn and it's like what are you doing why did you mm-hmm. change genres on me but in this movie it works it works perfectly it works so well yeah and just the finale you are not ready for for the finale it's so good it is so good and man i tell you the second i realized that i was <laughs> as a movie lover the one being lampooned and then just yeah. thinking of how directly this applies to any any fandom, any fandom yeah. of any art mm-hmm. um, is, you know, you could have done this just as easily with a director yeah. and a crew and an audience. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's it's really, really mm-hmm. impressive work. High, high recommend uh, from both yeah. of us. Absolutely. For this one. Um, no post credit scene. No post credit scene. Uh, before we head on to talk about the rest of Fantastic Fest, I uh, do want to give a big thank you to our SIFPOP members. Thank you so much. You can go to patreon.com slash SIFTPOP if you want to check that out. It is $3 a month to start, and there are different levels with different perks, including bonus podcasts at different times and uh, other fun stuff. So go check it out at patreon.com slash SIFTPOP. And if you're lucky enough, maybe Aaron will make you his plus one for the next competition (laughs) that he randomly wins. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Well, let's talk about Fantastic Fest. Are you having a good time? 
Yes, I am. I am. Overall. Do you want to just yes. kind of go through our days, or I mean, yeah. well, uh, briefly go over the movies that we watched and what what hit us first? I think we, we both kind of got a bit overwhelmed as soon as we arrived because what's well, a lot? There are so many people here, and it is a lot. Um, but we were talking about how much we love this crowd and environment because this is definitely, I suppose you'd call it an alternative festival genre. I think yeah, people call a it genre, festival. a genre yeah. festival. Yeah. But everyone is so free and you can tell that everyone is among their people yeah. and having a ball and just this as much as Ian doesn't enjoy crowd participation and stuff. It is fun to watch other people. It's, it's OG nerd culture. Fun. And yeah. like, I say that, with honestly so much deference and love and like i i have fandoms i'm a movie fan mm -hmm. i'm a pixar fan i'm a hitchcock fan like hitchcock is very much genre filmmaking like mm -hmm. you know i have that in me but i am also you know i played basketball in high school i was you know in musicals i you know like i there there's an og nerddom that where like genre stuff was your thing mm -hmm. that is so real and present here it's not the modern nerddom where everybody's kind of a nerd now marvel is the big yeah, thing marvel everybody knows the marvel movies yeah. having a ton of fun this is the, the, this is like and I, i'm not trying to make it um you know any kind of like exclusionary or anything right. too but the people who are here for the most part you know really have that that feel to them and i just i yeah. love it i just you know it's it's just such a it's a really fun experience mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the, the it was overwhelming mm -hmm. to come in that first night and have I'm you know a thousand people. If it in, felt like it in, in the lobby of yeah. a single movie theater, you uh -huh. know, like yeah. Um, and there are nine screens here at uh, the Alamo mm -hmm. uh, Draft House where the entire festival takes place. They they're doing a great job, by the way. Oh, incredible! Really like, seamless. Like the changeover between movies, the like the standard of the theaters, like they're getting them turned around and cleaned super duper duper quick um so yeah i'm having a good time too uh i think the festival's really well run mm -hmm. and uh i really really respect it so let's go through our dates we got here thursday yeah. thursday there are five rounds a day that you could see a movie there are two rounds on thursday because it starts thursday mm -hmm. evening uh opening uh movie is smile which we obviously talked about and reviewed here mm -hmm. um and then there was the opening night party after that yeah. any thoughts from the opening night party My goodness um that's where i was just like can we go home <laughs> so it got really really crowded so it, it's like being somewhere where the rest of the crowd knows what's going on and we were the only ones that didn't so they knew where to be they knew where stuff was going to happen and this it's like a cross between daft punk and blue man group mixed with like a cyberpunk techno futuristic band thing it definitely felt very blue man groupy yeah. to me well, um, blue man group ish i should ish, say yeah. blue man groupie is a whole different type no, of no, no 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 that's different <laughs> that's something else um and yeah they were all like kind of dressed up in techno things they had bikes and then subwoofers and decks attached to bikes and were like there was a inflatable dragon thing that was running mm -hmm. around it was pure chaos but I think it's chaos the closest, was the theme. It's that the closest the I'll ever get to Burning Man, right? Like that's what it feels you know, like. Yeah, is, that's is kind of what it just feels now, like. Like people just 
letting the freak flag fly yeah. you know and, and they were just like pushing through the crowd mm-hmm. it's like you're in my the giant dragon head that i have here you're in its way right so we're not going to apologize you're going right. to get mown down by a dragon on a on a tricycle and when you checked in you were given a floppy disk that apparently you hand to a robot and it creates <laughs> a cocktail based on what's on that yep. disk and we we kind of discussed the business model of one of the vendors who was serving hot dogs one at a time the method by which they cooked said hot dog was in an electric chair a literal electric chair. literal electric chair yeah. with a little tiny, tiny little yeah. yeah just going bzz, bzz, and one hot dog at a time queue of like 10 people who were like i'm not that hungry i'll move on yeah it's uh, fascinating the opening party was fascinating uh we did do a late night uh we did. that night we did round five uh we did short fuse which mm. there are four short film compilations throughout yeah. the week this was one of them. Um, the short fuse was wow. I I can't even remember what was in them. Okay, I can run. I can run through some names for you. Yeah, please do. I'll do. Uh, I'll do a note by the name. Blood rights. This was from the United Kingdom. Uh, this was where the, the oh, teenagers yeah. uh, that were like. Eating people. Eating people. Or men some, specifically. Men, yes. And then they would take on the characteristics of the men. Yep. Um, from Beyond, which did not understand some sort of space. It, it was a series of images put together about how we shouldn't copulate with aliens. That Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, for the for like the first several shorts, we were both just kind of like, what are we doing? <laughs> Maybe this genre isn't for us. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe we aren't short film people. <laughs> Um, Gnomes was, I think. Gnomes was incredible. (laughs) Gnomes was so great. Uh, That's just gnomes being gnomes. Yes. Uh, In the flesh. Which one was that? That was the one with the the bathtub. In the bathtub, um, pleasuring herself. Uh, And then there were consequences. A commentary on how certain acts can be seen as dirty or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. stigma yeah. attached to sexuality. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of sexuality met- metaphor in that one. Yeah. Uh, night shift. Oh, Ian fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, Ian fell asleep during night shift. That's yeah, amazing. Night shift, I, I didn't really think night shift was all that interesting. It was basically... Um, I think I think it was a Wolfman thing yeah, that forget. we didn't know was a Wolfman thing, yeah. and there was yeah some amnesia involved. Mm-hmm. Prom Car ninety one that was fun. I like was that. fun. Uh, that I had was, a Shaun of the Dead vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Ringworms um, did not understand or like that. No, no, that was that was a lot of body horror. Yeah, in that one. I, it, uh, something happens with a food dispenser, which is a, a dispenser. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Garbage. What do you call it? Garbage we don't have disposal. them in England. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Whatever should never happen with a garbage disposal happens in yes. that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if this makes for good listening, by the way. We're barely talking about <laughs> these. Like, anyways, the short yeah. film. The, uh, the only one we didn't mention was swept under. Uh, but uh, which one was that? But people can look them up if they want yeah. to look them up. Uh, swept Under was the military intervention in generational trauma resurfaces in the form of a rug that's given oh, to a Cambodian adoptee. Yeah, man, I did not get that one. Well, no, I got it. But I, it was, well, I was going to say, the, the problem with yeah. that one is it hits you over the head with its yeah, message. Yeah, it does. Um, but, with a baseball bat. Uh, yes, literally. So, so, yeah, so that was interesting. And that's what I knew the short film stuff would be interesting. Mm-hmm like that so that was thursday uh friday we kicked it off with hunt do you want to talk a little bit about hunt 
absolutely. Um, uh, Bloody Loved Hunt. What an incredible movie. So it's... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Lee Jong-jae. Yes, who you will all know, but Ian knows as Gi-hun from Squid Game. Um, Number 456. Uh-huh. Lead actor and director of this movie. He is one of the most charismatic actors I, I'm like watching right now. He's so, so great. This movie is a really clever spy thriller. There were um, other Squid Game people in this movie, too. Yeah, there was. The really evil, mm-hmm. irritating guy yeah. was in it. Um, yeah, this movie is so, so good. The pacing is... Just don't have any caffeine because you won't need it. This movie is non-flipping stop. It just goes from scene to scene to action scene to tension to another action scene. It's so interestingly put together. And the, the, the core spy thriller mystery of it is incredible. It's so fun. It's so engaging. And I had to explain it to Aaron. So it might be a little complicated. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, it might be a little dense, but and just I so think we're, we got Just so we're it. clear, I asked Ian <laughs> if my understanding was correct. And I said, no, Aaron, you completely <laughs> missed completely the point. Missed Here we go. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I had it. I loved it. Fairly well. But I, I do think it's a little bit, can be a little bit confusing. I think it takes a. Uh, I think it may take a rewatch for me to fully understand yeah, the complexity so. of because you're dealing with spy stuff. You're dealing with you know double agent, triple agent. We dealing with, with who spy stuff in a different language as well. And as good Correct. as the subtitles are, I could tell the subtitles weren't exactly communicating the message that was being played right. on screen because you can get that from context clues. But yeah, it's 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 super recommend for me. Yeah, I think I, I think it's one you might enjoy. It's it's called Hunt. Uh, you can check that out. We did another series of short films in the afternoon. Oh, wish we hadn't. <laughs> uh, you really didn't like these. No, I really um, didn't. I actually really liked a couple of these. There was one with a coupon that I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there was um, one about snails that I thought was really, really interesting. <laughs> called one, Flem uh-huh. from Switzerland. If you want to look that one up, mm-hmm. it's six minutes long. There was one that I loved. Talk about three me- three uh, meetings of an extraordinary committee. This is satire dialed up to 11 million. Um, it is what happens when you, you are... When you have two sides of an argument that is... It's not even supposed to be an argument. It would You would think that the answer was very, very clear. But when ideology gets in the way and you have to dig your... Dig your own, put your flag down, and let's then defend give, it. Let's just give the premise. The idea is this: this small farming town committee is yeah. is deciding if they are going to do this thing. A person comes in and says, "I have a cow that can give ten thousand times." And maybe that maybe it was one thousand. I don't remember. No, no, no. It was, was ten thousand times. Ten thousand times is amount of milk because we one, will trade your two thousand cows for this cow. uni cow. And somebody in the committee dares to ask how it works, and then there's the bureaucratical stuff of, like... Why do you hate progress? Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so the, the whole thing is kind of that just bullheadedness yeah. thing that happens. The loudest voice will mm. speak over the logic. It's really well room. done. It's really very, well done. Very, very well done. If you can find it, seek it out. Um, yeah. It's it's really worth it's it. It's a big old Brexit metaphor, but it, it can apply to so many loads political and loads things. of things. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny. 
So that was our our uh, our second movie. We did four mm-hmm. um, on Friday. The next was The Menu, which we've already talked yep. about and reviewed here. And then we did for late night. We did Kids versus Aliens. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I don't know how you talk about a movie like this. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just it's just genre filmmaking. It's you know? kids, it's a, whatever you think when you hear kids versus aliens. Maybe kids versus aliens versus frat party. Yeah, would be more accurate. Kids versus teenagers versus aliens. Yeah, kind of. But it's know. it's that. It's a frat party movie gone wrong. Gone shorn of it's the dead. Gone swearing all the time. Like it's yeah. like it's it's that kind of like you know. Uh, fun thing that you know where it's like you know these kids are left to their own devices and they're gonna make movies and and that kind of stuff yeah. so it's, it's fun. not terrible it's, it's just not. you just have to you would you definitely have to be in the right headspace it's not something I want to would want to go hey go seek out kids versus aliens no. and then somebody watches and goes what are what you the hell what was were that? you thinking about yeah um so but if you're in the right headspace you might have a, a little fun with uh, kids versus that's aliens. the only environment movie that I really enjoyed this time round oh, because Everyone around me was freaking into it, and I'm just—I'm like, just going to watch you guys have have fun with it, to be honest. All right, and that did kind of add to it. Uh, so then we go to um, Saturday, Mister mm, Organ. Mr. Organ. Oh, Aaron, you go first with this one. I mean, it's an incredible documentary from David Ferrier, who mm-hmm. you may know from the Tickled documentary. It is basically about his encounters with a human being. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Sorry, sorry. Uh, with a with a person who is very much a, I mean, just exists to gaslight, yep. like you know. And he starts to look into his history and then become part of it. The wildest thing about this is just hearing David Ferrier talk about how he wished this had like. If he could go back in time and not make the documentary, he would do it in a heartbeat. Like he, just, and I, like that wasn't. He's traumatized. This man has traumatized him and many, many others, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the movie is about. Yeah, and um, it's a little bit unsatisfying because of that. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't. Like if you're looking for like King of Kong, where there's this, you know, where the story leads to a big moment and resolution. Yeah. This is not that movie. This no. is a this is a descent into gaslightdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not fun. No, the police don't turn up and save the day, and <laughs> he doesn't see any justice. But the, the great thing, I think, and you could. So we were really, really lucky and had a. There was a Q and A with with David Ferrier after the movie, and you could just see that he was. One of the questions was, "Why did you finish this documentary?" Right. And he was. I think he was clinging on to. The, the hope that this will be a cautionary tale and, and I hope he even is. said like specifically if anybody in New Zealand finds Mr. Organ and Googles his name they will find this documentary so he wasn't even he's not necessarily thinking like gaslighting in general if he can avoid one person interacting with this man it's a job well done and it's worth making the movie that's how insidious this, this gentleman yeah. is it's, yeah. a, it's a fascinating documentary but yeah I would go into it carefully because it's it's not I, I think it kind of it loses its own format about mm-hmm. halfway in yeah because he just generally he just doesn't know what to do loses it he doesn't know what to do yeah. with the movie um after that we saw banshees of insurance mm-hmm. um probably we'll save this for a main review at some point so let's not go into too much here mm-hmm. other than to say did you did you enjoy it oh i loved it yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, yes. Big recommend. Martin McDonough, uh, his latest with Brendan Gleeson and mm-hmm. Colin Farrell reuniting uh, in Bruges. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more at some point. Well, they're not reuniting in Bruges. They're reuniting in Inisherin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sorry. This is the, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran uh, yes. is uh, what this movie is. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, but I liked it as well. I'll just leave it there and then we can talk about it more in uh, a deeper review because uh, I have much more nuanced thoughts than just mm. that I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched Decision to Leave. Yes. How did you feel about Decision to Leave? <sighs> this, I... is, this is Park Chan-wook's yeah. uh, latest movie. Um, so, yeah. I've digested this a bit because we, we talked as we as we left the theater. I am happy this movie exists. I am happy movies like this are being made. It is, it's, it's, a, it's a mood. It's an environment. It is a, a world to get lost in. But it is is something I think you need to be in the right mind frame for. Like, this is, this is like, high cinema. Like, this isn't just throw it on because you want a detective story. This is a character study, relationship analysis. It's a big undertaking, and it doesn't care how long it keeps you in the chair for. Right. It makes, you said this yesterday, it makes several movies, <laughs> and then yeah. just puts them back to back. But yes. I, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad I watched it, but it is... It, I think it's a it's a movie for movie lovers. It's the most Hitchcockian movie I've seen uh, from from this director. By the way, he won Best Director at Cannes uh, for mm-hmm. this this year. Um, it's just not my it's just not my thing. And I have these yeah. movies every year as as a movie critic where it's just I don't mean it as pejoratively as it sounds, but it's just artsy. You know, it's just yeah. it's a little bit full of itself. Feels mm-hmm. a little bit self indulgent. It, it's like if Hitchcock, you know, forgot how to edit, you know, yes, like, yes. Uh, because there's, there's, I just feel like there's a tighter version of this movie mm-hmm. that is much more interesting to me and much more propulsive. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's not going for propulsive. He's not. That's and not that's, what he's going for. That's why he's I going for contemplative. For that. And yeah. that's fine. It's just not going to impact me mm-hmm. in the same way, but it's not all about me. And there are many people who really enjoy contemplative. Now, mm-hmm. I, there are contemplative movies I love. Roma is a contemplative movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can happen. But for me, you know, this movie was, I felt like an interesting detective story. There's a lot of vertigo feel in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, I was just like, it, it was it was long, needlessly, in my opinion, self-indulgent. Mm. But man, there were some shots. Oh, oh it is beautiful. Man, there were some, there were some interesting choices. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll talk about this one more um, because it, it will be in conversation. I know it will be South Korea's uh, Oscar nominee this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it may even get more nominations than that, but... Um, but yeah, decision to leave uh, was interesting. Yeah. So that will bring us to to our yesterday. Um, and no, I think that was it, wasn't it? That was yesterday. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That that brings us to the end of yesterday, and then we didn't watch anything today. So, <laughs> no. but we did stuff today. So, do you want to finish by talking a little bit about like uh, <laughs> the wildness of the last few hours? Yeah. So when we. Turned up, and we, in general, the wildness of the you know the experience. You yeah. Can, yeah. Um, so when we turned up, Aaron was given like a couple of tickets to upgrade to because he'd won the competition. We got this extra tier called the the cult level, and it gave us access to a little party today, which started at one o'clock. Um, so we kind of foregoed 
the movie we were going to watch this morning to make sure we could get to this in time. And we walk in and they're just like, so anything on the first floor is up for grabs. It looks like it's in an abandoned school. And you just, there's just like tables set up with board games, Blu-rays, Christmas decorations. Hoodies, t-shirts, pins. um, Coraline, teddy bear. um, Such an eclectic mix of genre stuff. And no bags to, to carry anything. It's just grab it and go. It's like super We just have sweep. these huge stacks of swag uh-huh. that we're just carrying around. And then we have to get a, you know, a Lyft, an Uber or a yeah. Lyft back with like all this stuff. <laughs> we, we don't I even... literally ripped a, a cargo pocket <laughs> trying yes. to store it all. It's a it's hundred degrees outside in mm-hmm. Texas, but it feels like 110 um, there's a hog roast, so we, we we were the first people to turn up to the hog roast. We ate the first bits of the hog, baby. We did. There's an entire pig just on the table there, fully splayed out and cooked. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Do you want a bit?" I was like, "Okay, yes." We have a bite and go. Had some um, of the back and some of the butt. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of looked at people getting free tattoos. I nearly got a free tattoo, but. I, it wasn't. I'm. I'm more of a considered purchase when it comes to tattoos. <laughs> Call me on. We literally had tattoo artists there, just giving free tattoos. Yeah, I was like, just four people just sat there, just going, and they had like a selection of things to pick from. Mm-hmm. I was tempted, and I think if I, if this was my fifth Fantastic Fest, yeah, maybe sure. I'm doing that. But it's a nice little memory maker. Yeah, if if it was my fifth tattoo, maybe yes. I'm not doing my first tattoo <laughs> of some. You know, uh, character you... from Fantasy Fest, uh-huh. like you know. No, um, yeah. Stop calling it Fantasy Fest. Sorry, well, Fantastic Aaron. Fest. I've done that this. before. Yeah. Um, we met somebody famous yesterday that we still don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said they were famous. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but overall, it's been a it's been a wild experience. I love the quirkiness of it. We did we did hang out in the same you know uh, five foot radius as Kevin Bacon and Kira did, Sidgwick. Yeah, we did. They sniff were Kevin they were Bacon. standing right beside us. Yeah. Yes, we did sniff bacon. Yes, yeah. that did happen. Shorter than I expected. As <laughs> all of these people seem to be. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 been really really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I should mention you know lots of Q and As. Uh, got a yes. chance to sit. In the same room with directors and you know actors from these movies, like Martin McDonough or yeah. Park Chan Wook, or you know like just in the same room with them asking them questions, it's been really fun. Uh, I'm excited to see how the second half goes. I have mm-hmm. a feeling next week when we talk about this, a lot more genre stuff is going to be on the conversation because a yeah. lot of the big movies now there are two secret screenings that we don't know what they are, and I think those I'm might be so bigger movies. And of course, we end with Triangle of Sadness, so we'll definitely review that next week. Yeah. But um, but I think uh, next week's episode may have a lot more of the kids versus aliens uh, type stuff. Yeah, um, I think and so. a couple more documentaries I think that we're going to check out as well. So yeah, yeah. So. we got the secret screening next, haven't we? That's next on the yeah. list. Yeah. Well, no, we've got today after we're done recording oh, this, we're going to go see Bones. Yeah. It's not just called Bones. What is it called? Bones it's for a, all. That's, that sounds right. All for bones. <laughs> all for bones, bones and, and bones for all. For all. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a movie showing at Fantasy Fest. That's, yes, a, that's, no, a, that's, that's, yeah. that's a whole different uh-huh, yeah. movie. And no, it's just called Bones and All. Bones and All. Yeah. Bones and All. That's the Timothy Chalamet yeah. uh, cannibal movie. Um, <laughs> he, lo- he loves it when people call it that, by the that's, way. That's what it is. I don't know what you want me to say. And then, yeah, we have a secret screening tonight. But, uh, but yes, uh, I think that'll do it. We did it, Ian. We did a hotel podcast. Yep. Uh, I hope it sounds even... I hope it sounds listenable. I hope this is going to be just completely inaudible. It's just... <laughs> We had a nice chat and no one will ever hear about it. (laughs)
Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, at the Sif Pop podcast. Uh, if you want to check out all things Sif Pop, go to sifpop.com. Everything is linked there. You can support, as mentioned, through patreon.com slash sifpop. Ian, thank you for uh, guesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian, for coming to Austin, Texas with me for it's free such a as a plus one. Such a, this eight-day film <laughs> festival with all, all expenses paid largely. What a burden. Uh, thank you to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, absolutely love you, Phil. Thanks for putting up with this mess. <laughs> thank you to Alamo Drafthouse for sponsoring this Yeah, trip. no doubt. No doubt. Uh, you know, I mean, technically I won a prize. It's not like, you know, they are. Nope. It's not actual sponsorship. But, uh, but you're doing good work, so thank you for that. <laughs> yep. If you have a friend who might enjoy the podcast, make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than being a foodie and cooking yourself. Uh, or cooking, cooking food yourself? No, cooking yourself works. <laughs> cooking yourself works. Uh, we will catch you next week with more from Fantastic Fest. Yes, uh, chef. <laughs> yes, chef. And we will see you then. Bye. Live from a bunker, but not a bunker, it's a hotel room in Austin, Texas. <laughs> a podcast. Wait, what was I going to say? <laughs> I got lost by the bunker thing. All right, hold on one more time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.